The book of Malachi chapter 3. Let's read from verse 13. He said, your words have been arrogant against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? He said, you have said it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his charge, and that we have walked in mourning before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the arrogance blessed. That's what's going on. It's the politicians that are rich. Not only are the doers of wickedness built up, but they also test God and escape. They do all the evil. They carry all the girls. You know, all the adulterous acts. You know them. But they are the ones getting promoted. That's what people say. But verse 16. While they were saying this, then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. I like King James here. He used the expression, spoke often to one another. He said, that's verse 16. They spoke to one another, and the Lord gave attention and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who esteem his name. They will be mine, says the Lord of hosts, on the day I prepare my own possession. And I will spare them as a man, I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. So you will again Distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. Why I read this is that verse 16. It said, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. King James says they spoke often to one another. I like that expression. That is, that was the subject of their discussion. Some people were talking negatively. They spoke to each other. They spoke about the fear of God. They spoke about the esteem they had for his name. Now, please bear this in mind. Let's read out my favorite scripture. One of my favorite scriptures, Deuteronomy chapter 6. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. One I've read many times. I can actually quote it off head, but let's read the Bible together. God was telling them how to handle the scriptures. Remember what we are discussing is lifting up the rod of God. Can you remember that? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. How to lift up God's rod. The fact that we must keep it lifted up all the time. And what I'm teaching today is that it must be what we talk about every time. I want to just practice that habit. He said, these words, verse 6, sorry. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. Let me just read from the Amplified so as to save time. Verse 7. You shall wet and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate and teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. He said, you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie them down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets, that is, forehead bands, between your eyes. And you shall write them upon the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Please notice that. God said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to talk about this word every time. When you are going out, I want you talking about it. When you are sitting at home, I want you talking about it. When you rise up, this must be the topic of your discussion. When you want to write something down, let it be the thing you are writing down. What am I teaching today? That Christians must create the habit of just talking God's word all the time. Every time it ha- something happens, respond. Let me give you an example. 
you're watching that uh, MH17, a plane crashes as an example, all right? Um, Egyptian airline going from um, somewhere in France to Cairo, it crashes and disappears under the water. And people start talking about hey, normal human response. Flying is risky these days, though. You never can tell who they want to bomb. Hmm. The other day, one plane in Sudan tried to take off. They planned a bomb on it. Thank God the bomb didn't go off uh, at the time they planned. The, oh, the other day, he said, telling stories. Telling stories. Tell how many people died in plane crashes? Some people ask me, is this a sin or is it not a sin? The real sins that are scripting their faith, they don't even ask. People commit sins every day. They don't ask. Everything we have said so far is a sin. That discussion is iniquity. What is righteousness? I'll tell you. This is righteousness. Yeah, a plane crashes. He said, as the law surrounds Jerusalem, so, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the law surround his people. The days of our lives, they were written in his book before there was any one of them. These our lives will not be terminated by accident. We will not be on planes that will crash when it's not our time to die. What are we crashing for? <laughs> are you getting my point? Then you start telling stories. You start doing what the Bible calls considering the testimonies. There was a man I read, an evangelist. His name just escaped me now. I don't know him so well, so it's difficult for me to remember his name. All right? Um, if I remember, I'll mention it. All right? The man is of Armenian or, you know, descent. He was in a plane one day, and the plane, the, the plane caught fire. That is, the engine caught fire. And he was sitting near the wing, so he was seeing the fire burn. Now, I can't remember the details. I think before that, the Lord had let him know that no evil will befall you. So he was watching the, uh, uh, the plane engine burning, no flame coming out. And he just relaxed there, they looked, they smiled. He was just not troubled. People were panicking all over the plane. He was not disturbed. That what is the worst that will happen? I'll go and see my Lord Jesus Christ early. The man was not disturbed at all. The pilot did everything he could with the other engine that was still working and finally managed to land the plane. And everybody jumped out, and he was saved. Now you tell such stories. You tell stories of deliverance. I've heard, the story, I've heard stories before of people who literally saw angels under the wings of the place they were in. Angels are real. They actually fly. They fly fast. They are strong. Add all of those things together. Your plane will not crash. That's the conclusion. Don't be afraid. Go and board a flight. Nothing will happen to you. Don't want to say, okay, but uh, this person died in a plane crash. This person died in a plane crash. A mass murder in a plane crash. Remember, look at that in a plane crash. They start counting for you. When they finish, say, my own name is Bankole Olushino. And I have not yet died in a plane crash. Leave it like that. Each person has a different book. Let me just say something. Men of God, Women of God, whatever they are, they are people, they are individuals of God. They don't have any special anointing for living long. Ah, you know, Apostle Okemoto was telling me by a man who was arguing with him on radio on whether church, whether God is in a church building or not. He was telling me just now that he did not know that it was possible for a pastor not to know. He thought every pastor knew it. That just for those who are following them. When a pastor was there arguing that he should give him scripture 
to back that God is not in the church building. When they told me, I said, no, no, you should have turned around that the proof, of, the burden of proof is on his side, not on your side. You have given scripture to show where God is. He's the one that should use scripture to show you that God is in his own eye door. Block and cement. No, you know what? I digress into that. There are things you hear from Christians sometimes you are alarmed. That Christians still think because a man is a man of God, he is safer than an average believer. Let me tell you today, it's a lie. In case you did not know it before, know it now, it's a lie. One day, a man of God was shot in the head, died about a week later. Because I was working in the hospital where he was brought to, and he's a very well-known person in the country then. And my friend was in the neurosurgery unit that was treating him. So the day it happened, let's make a long story short, he let me know. So before the G's hit the headlines, some of us knew, all right? I knew immediately. He said, ah, what happened? He gave me, I said, how is he? He said, he's unconscious. They are seeing what they can do. So that evening I went to a friend of mine. I was, I was so sad. It was a man I loved. I was feeling very, very bad. So I just said, I said so me and the guy were inside the car. I said, now, wow. The guy said, I understand. Say, said, imagine, if that can happen to him, what can happen to us? <laughs> I turned, like they say in Europe, I could Oh, God, how did they say that in English? Okay, let me put it, shut up there. I just, in my mind, I told him something, will you, will you be quiet? And I said to him, I don't care what happens to him. This is not now. I'm telling you, this story was like 96, thereabout. Ten years, uh, how many ago? 20 years ago. 20 years ago. I said to him, my friend, will you stop that? I said, I'm feeling for the man. I'm feeling for the church. I'm feeling for those of us that love him. I am not afraid for myself one bit. I was so angry with him. I said, what do you mean? It's a bad thing that happened. You think I did. I don't care what happens to him. Why men of God die is between them and their God. That will not bring fear into my life. The death of a man of God is not an accident, it's an appointment. In fact, the death of every child of God is an appointment, it is not an accident. Why am I saying this? So we have things, let's discuss what God said. That's what we need to do. You will remember. You hear things that they say, ah, forget it. If it was Philip, if Philip was there, he would have gone straight to Azotus. Are you getting my point? That if Philip was on that plane, they would see the man has disappeared and gone straight to Azotus. Philip was the man who baptized the Ethiopian eunuch. And after the baptism, he vanished. He said, the God of Philip is still with me. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? We are praying now. This is how you pray every time. You hear that trouble happen somewhere. You say, ah, from seven troubles, the Lord will deliver us. So everyone will say, ah, hey, when you're driving, watch out for full animal. Simple scripture say, oh, forget that thing. The angels of God encamp around those who fear him. And deliver them. You just declare it. You're not discussing. You're just talking. You're just talking. That God has said, I will not allow these plagues. I will not put upon you this place that I put upon the Egyptians. It will not come near me. You're just talking about the word of God. Let's talk about our country as an example. You hear all kinds of news. 
you start like this. Now, this is a habit. You create it. And this is how you, in fact, one of our brothers said today he was in court. And the magistrate was laughing. Was the magistrate court? Ray was in court. And the magistrate was laughing. He was telling stories, insulting our president and things like that. And I said something. He said, do I have been saying to myself, why the man was talking? His joke and his story. While the man was speaking, he told himself, this country is not hell. I am not in hell. He said, immediately he said it aloud to the hearing of the public. Nigeria is hell and they live in hell. He said, I rose up slightly from my seat and said out loud, with due respect to your worship. This was in court. I am not in hell and Nigeria is not hell. The lawyer in court. He said, if they curse your country jokingly, refute their tongue politely with meekness, but refuse, refute it all the same as the occasion allows. That's why, look, it's not every joke you laugh at these days. I told you I have a new rule. Jokes about marriage, I don't share. Because we have 90% of jokes about marriage is negative. When I see a good one, I shared that one, the one I heard recently. Oh, you should laugh, you should see that one. Father's Day. The best fathers are Nigerian fathers. That women give it to the Nigerian father. That he sleeps. He said by 12 o'clock he'll go and change from the big generator to the small generator, which he left on. Meanwhile, so that everywhere can cool down because AC is on. Then by 5 a.m. he wakes up to put back the big generator so guys can iron and do things to go to school. Why do you, this one is a matter of fact. This one I know. I'm a Nigerian father. I can tell you this one. <laughs> if there's noise outside, my wife never hears it if I'm at home. She never hears it. How she manages that, I don't know. It must be a technique that they teach these women. <laughs> this. One day, some people, either they were shooting or fighting, not too far from our house. I got up, of course, went to go and people, what is going on? I came back into the room. My wife was still sleeping. So I said, okay. In the morning, I said, okay, see that noise? Oh, said, which noise? That one they were shooting just across like this. Eh. I said, you didn't hear it? She said, no, I didn't hear it. My father. <laughs> you did not hear it? She said, no. Then she now said something that I felt like shooting somebody. <laughs> she said, okay, if I had heard it, what did you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> the point is that Nigerian men, we will hear it. That's what that joke was saying. And that, well... So we are the security men, the generator technician, you understand? <laughs> he said that since we can't call 911, we have our ways of getting them, make sure everything is secure. Always checking to be sure the house is locked. Any little noise, you go and peep, which is not a lie. I, I do that all the time. I've chased dogs that dogged, dogged under the gate into my compound at night. I come there at night and pursue them out of the place. <laughs> so the joke said, sorry, we may not look as handsome as, um, it wasn't with that guy, uh, and we may not be as romantic as George Clooney, but trust us, we are working on it. <laughs> we are busy right now managing security and power generation. When that one is done... Now, what am I not saying all of these things? We are careful what we talk about. That's what I'm going to say. We speak the word of God all the time. We discuss God's word as a matter of habit. Like I said, I'm not planning to do any serious praying today, just to talk. Talk about Nigeria as an example again. As a matter of fact, Islamic agenda or atheistic agenda, this is the word of God. In Nigeria, God rules in the affairs of men. Amen. The kingdoms belong to him. It does not belong to any sheikh. 
the kingdom of Nigeria belongs to our almighty God. Amen. This God happens to be our father. Amen. Nothing is outside, of, outside his control. Are you getting my point? Yes. He is the Lord of every corner of Nigeria. Amen. If you believe me, give me an amen. amen. This is the word of God. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there shall be no end. This church will advance. Amen. Uh-huh. That one is both a prayer and a prophecy. The church in Nigeria will advance. Amen. Now, this is the word of God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. That is the fact about Nigeria. This is the fact about Nigeria. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Amen. Our president is back. We thank God. I saw his picture this morning. He was looking very, very healthy. I said, oh, very beautiful. He was looking very, very good. So it's God that is keeping him. And God will continue to keep him. Amen. And he will do the will of God. Amen. Whatever we shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Amen. So you are now binding the lack of the will of God in Asso Rock. Amen. No matter who is there, you will do the will of God. Amen. No matter who is there, you will do the will of God. Amen. General Muhammadu Buhari, President of Nigeria, you will do the will of God. Your heart is in the hand of the Lord. And you will do only that which is pleasing in his sight. In the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, people of God, let's not be paranoid. The man has to appoint people that he knows into office. He's not going to make any appointment to please you. He's going to make appointments for for people he trusts. It amazes me when Christian people say that he's appointing Muslims. If I enter office, who will I appoint? Please, let's just think about it. For me, it's very simple, though. Nobody will know. The one I grew up in, quote, in Enugu, so when I appoint people from this, they say, yes, he's a destabilized Nigeria. They, do, they won't know I'm doing real nepotism. Yeah, are you getting my point? Uh-huh. But So let's, give, let's cut a man some slack, all right? Give him a break. That's, look, when you, th- you know, you don't... Let me just say a few, a few stories. Abuja is a beautiful country, uh, state, um, uh, state capital. What do they call it now? Yes, our federal capital. Abuja is very beautiful today. Anytime you get to Abuja, you're impressed. You fly into Abuja, you're impressed. You drive into Abuja, you're impressed. You live in Abuja, you're impressed. It wasn't like that until Obasanjo came into power. The place was a mess. And Obasanjo just said, now this is the story I want to tell. Obasanjo just said, I need a madman to help me clean this place. So he called Atiku. Now this, that's where the story is going. He called Atiku and said, please, can you find me a madman that can clean this place? Atiku said, all right, your excellency, no problem. So Atiku left and thought, say, who is the craziest person around who will do what the Lord wants and not fear God or man? So the only person he could think of was Erufai. So he called Erufai and said, come, you are going to be... You'll be FC minister, you're interested, that one said no problem. So you went and met Obasanjo. Now, what I'm telling the story is that you may think Obasanjo appointed from another part of the country. It's not true. Atiku appointed somebody he knows. So I'm going to look, let's calm down. Are you getting my point? This is the word of God. God is in charge of this nation. He said the Almighty rules in the affairs of men, He gives the kingdom over to whosoever He wishes. And sets upon it the lowliest of men. Are you, get, are you getting my point? In this country, God is the one who appoints kings. And the kings is, he has appointed, and we continue to appoint, they will do his will for this country in the name of Jesus. Amen. Listen, Nigeria is strategic in the gospel of God, in the advancement of the gospel. 
So this country will fulfill that destiny in Jesus' name. Peace will be upon this land. Let me tell you one major reason. He said, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. You and me are the major reason why peace will be upon this land. And we are declaring again today that peace will be upon this land in the name of Jesus. That is the truth of God. Peace will be upon this land in the name of Jesus. I'm very sure about this. This is my own persuasion. This current crisis will not last long. It will not. Don't let your heart be troubled. Ask my wife, my heart was never troubled. The Bible says, even if the fig tree does not blossom, I must rejoice. I must exalt. I must rejoice in the God of my salvation. Listen, this country, just for your sake, it will prosper. Amen. See this power, for your sake, it will be constant. Dangote will bless your life. Amen. Men like him will bless you. Amen. Women like him, they will bless you. They will make the economy work so that you can prosper. Amen. God has sent people outside there to go and work so that your own life will prosper. Amen. And you will experience it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's talk about your destiny and mine. Let's do that. Remember, we are not praying, no? we are, and we are praying. Just talking God's word. And this is how Christians should react. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to emphasize. Next time you hear Islamic threats, don't, be, don't smile. Say, why are you smiling? Say, Miles Monroe said, if you read the end of the book, you will know where this thing is going. One day God will just do like this. Psh, enough. The thing will die like communism died. Say amen to that. Amen. Your heart must never be troubled. It must never be troubled. Amen. Like we were saying earlier, let's talk about our destiny, yours and mine. One, this is what the Bible says about us individually. No one here was born of the will of man. You were born of the will of God. And you were born according to what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. He said we were born to fulfill certain good works that God wrote ahead of time that you should walk in them. Therefore, you will walk in them. What that means is that your life is not an accident. That's a matter of fact, that your life is not an accident. The fact is that God gave you life for a purpose. There is a purpose for which he gave you life. And that purpose you will fulfill in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, when we talk about the will of God, doesn't mean you have to be consciously aware God said I should go. You know, Christians talk about it all the time. God said I should go here. God said I should go here. God said I should go here. God said I should wake up. God said I should sleep. Listen to me. If God doesn't talk to you like that, don't be, don't, don't be disturbed. You know why? He's actually talking to you all the time. He wakes you up every morning. He tells you to go to work. You don't hear any voice, but you know to be diligent to go to work. That's God talking to you. But what I want to emphasize is that he will lead you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. He will make your path straight in the name of Jesus. Amen. The destiny that he created for you, you will walk in it. Amen. When there was trouble, he said, do not be afraid, it is I. Even in the midst of your troubles, I say to you today, he will manifest there. Amen. God is with you in your going out. And you're coming in. Amen. Like I said earlier, your life is not an accident. Amen. So no accident will happen to you. Amen. God will use events around to lead you in the path of your destiny. Amen. Listen, your destiny was written before you were born. All you need to do is say amen and God will guide you into it. Amen. Wherever you have to be on this earth, you will get there. Amen. Some people are struggling. I need to get a visa. I need to get a visa. You don't need to get anything. Anytime you need something, it will come to you easily. Amen. That is a matter of fact. 
that thing that you need will come to you easily. When the time is ripe, it will come to you easily. Where you are right now, God said, this is your word. Be fruitful, multiply there. Be diligent, multiply your meaning. Are you getting my point? In due season, the king will return and he will set you upon your own cities. Nigeria or any country is not the reason why you will fail or you will succeed. But those countries will succeed because of you. You are a positive influence wherever you are. These are the kind of discussions you have. When people tell you that uh, in this country, no young man, no young woman can succeed again. Laugh. What did I say? Please get into this laughing habit. It's a sign of victory. In the Bible, they don't laugh because things are funny. That's why people misunderstood Sarah. They misunderstood Abraham. When they laughed, when God spoke, we thought it was more than day man listening to Alibaba. No. Those days when you laugh, your laugh is, laughter is always a sign of you're rejoicing and at the same time you are mocking. What I mean is this. You're rejoicing at something and laughing away at something else. I, I don't know what I get the point. Like when Abraham said, what do you give me seeing that I go childless? And God said, I forget that thing. The Bible says Abraham laughed. People say that he was laughing that God, you feel triumph. No, that is a modern man, a worried guy. Do you understand? Listen, in the scriptures, laughter was never a sign that something was funny. It was only a sign that something was, let, let me like this. The Bible says, why did the hidden rage and the people imagine a vain thing? That the kings of this earth, they gather themselves together and they're saying, saying concerning the sun, let us cast his bounds asunder. Let us try to remove his, his, his rule from us. The Bible says, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. That is the only way God laughs. You don't go to him and crack a joke and he'll start laughing. <laughs> He's so funny. This guy is so funny. Anytime God laughs like that, He's telling me, this guy, you're so stupid. Oh, you're so stupid. That's the only thing he says. When those men talk, like the Bible says, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh. When he finishes laughing, he now speaks to them in his anger. With God, laughter, not because something is funny. Laughter means something is about to happen. <laughs> That's what it means. It's not because something is funny, but because something is about to happen. When Abraham laughed, oh God, I feel like sharing that one with you again. When Abraham laughed, he now said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. How do people interpret it? He said, God was saying that, uh, Abraham was saying, God, since you cannot do this one you are trying to do, why don't you use Ishmael instead? That's, all, that's a common interpretation, which unfortunately is very wrong. How do I know it's wrong? Because God said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Did you, not, did you ever notice that? He said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Which means whatever Abraham asked concerning Ishmael, God gave it. If you read many, most translations, they will say no. But NIV says yes. Why? Because the Greek neither, the Hebrew neither said yes or no. People misunderstood. NIV got it right. That God said yes, but. No, oh no, let's not waste time. Go and read when you get home. He said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. After Abraham laughed. He prayed that prayer. And God said, as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Which means when he said, oh, that Ishmael might live before you, it meant that the man realized that if Isaac is coming, Ishmael was dying. He said, Lord, uh -uh, come on, spare the boy. And God said, no problem. I will make him great. 
I will also bless him. He said, but, however, my covenant will be with the other one. I'm saying, start laughing. What did I say? Anytime you hear negative news, laugh. Laugh, laugh. That they will laugh. Laugh, just make up your mind. They say, ah, they will need country. No young man, no young woman can succeed doing anything. No, just start laughing. Say, what is funny? Say, what you said is not funny. It's ridiculous. It's ungodly. I'm laughing because it is wrong. And I'm laughing the laughter of victory. I'm saying that God will not let what you said stand. But his own will will stand. What is his will? His will is prosperity for my life. And like I said, consider testimony. Start telling stories. Stories are good. Stories that show the word of God. That's what I mean. So that was how Lot went to Sodom and Gomorrah at that time. The Bible said he went towards the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah because it was well watered, like the garden of the Lord. And what did he bring out from it? Nothing. But Abraham went in the other direction. And God said to Abraham, look around to the north, the east, the west, the south. Everywhere that you see, I have given you as an inheritance. Say to the person, whatever I dream of, it will happen in this nation. So that's why I'm laughing. You know why we're doing all of this? We are talking God's word. That's how we keep our rod lifted up. That's what, that's what I'm trying to describe. And as long as you keep that rod. It, remember what I said? It may take a whole night. It took God a whole night to divide the Red Sea. We used to think that he just did the rod like this. Bam! And as the rod hit, the water just cracked. No. When Moses stretched the rod over the waters, that caused the wind. And the wind began to blow. It began to blow. Oh God, I feel like saying this. The wind of your blessings is already blowing. Yeah. It's gathering help from far. It's gathering help from near. Yeah. It's gathering resources and sending them to you. Yeah. The wind is blowing. It's yeah. dividing the sea that's obstructing your escape from poverty. Yeah. The wind is blowing. It's dividing everything that's obstructing the release of your destiny. The wind is blowing. How did the wind start blowing? Because the rod was stretched out. And Moses kept that rod over the sea. It took a while. But eventually, the water stacked like walls on the left and on the right. And you began to walk in the middle of it into freedom. Freedom has come to you in the name of Jesus. Listen. Not from the east. Not from the west. Not from the south comes exaltation. But God is judge. That is... Wherever you are, God can bless you there. In fact, let me say it like this. Where you are right now, blessing is coming to you. My favorite scripture you know now. Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12. It said, Behold, I cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Important word there, it flows towards. It is forbidden. You will never run up and down looking for prosperity. It will come to you in the name of Jesus. No, we are doing, we are just lifting up the word of God. We are not lifting up our desires. We are saying this is what he said. This is the word of God to you. You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will fill the earth. You will subdue it. You will have dominion. No, we are talking about the wind taking time to blow. Uh, Taking time to separate the water while it is blowing. Because life is in phases. There is a stage of fruitfulness, multiplication. Then filling the earth. And when you feel the air, that's when you have dominion. I don't know that Ngote, I use him to preach because he's the closest Nigerian I've seen that I can use for some of these illustrations. Before we used to use Americans and people like that. Now we see a Nigerian. 
Some people will say, eh, you know, you heard nonsense talk from ignorant people. They tell you that eh, it's government that helped him. When you have dominion, government will help you too. Are you getting my but don't make it look like it's an evil thing. It's a mark of dominion. I mean, governments, they don't, they're not stupid people. They know who they're employing. Last year, 53% of all the money that Nigeria made from real, from uh, solid minerals was paid by only Dangote. Did you hear what I said? 53, 53%. More than 50% of all the money that Nigeria made from solid minerals, one man paid it. If you were government, wouldn't you help him? Look, government will help you. Amen. God will make government help you. Amen. State governor will help you. Amen. Look, one day I was reading Donald Trump's book. Uh, no, not Donald Trump, Robert Kiyosaki. He's a do real estate and all of that. So they said that ah, for the new um, um, projects he wants to do, they should go and borrow money from government. And they told him that this loan, this is a non-recourse loan, they call it, that if the business fails, he won't have to pay money back. Ah, the guy was surprised. The businessman said, what? Is that fair? You borrow money from government, maybe like $100 million. And the agreement is that if this business fails, you don't have to pay the money back. Ah! Then the guy said, man, this is not, you know, people who don't know will say this is not fair. But this is the truth. It is fair. That is how their government provides housing. They say they check the experience he has had, you understand, in doing those things. So what happened was that they just simply said, well, since this man knows how to do it, let's lend him money. We know he is not likely to fail. But to give people like him the boldness to work, you're getting the point. They tell you you don't have to repay the loan if he fails. Of course, they don't expect him to eat the money. If he does, no Americans will put him in prison. <laughs> kind of thing. But the idea is that if the business doesn't work out the way we thought it will, then it will not be your fault. Government will help you too. Yeah. What you just need to grow onto the level where you start having what they call dominion. That's the point I'm making. Listen, you will have dominion also in Jesus' name. Yeah. No matter what is happening outside, it's working for your favor. Yeah. It is. Oh, I should discuss this again. When somebody says, your friend will say that the problem is that, you know, people like him, they can't get a job. He didn't go to a very good school. He even had a third class. And, you know, because of that, you know, the banks won't employ. MTN will not employ. Who else will not employ? Just all kinds of people that won't employ. Ask the person, so will you employ yourself? If the answer is yes, then go and employ yourself. And this is the word of God. You will soon employ a hundred people. That is how it works. What am I going to say? Not from the east, not the west, or the south. South means the degrees I gathered when I was coming. Where I'm coming out from. He said, exaltation does not come from there. God is judge. Are you getting my point? He, lifts, he brings down one and he lifts up another. Listen, he will lift you up in the name of Jesus. Amen. No matter where you are, God can lift you up there. Amen. When you are discussing with the people, these are the kind of things you say. Don't ever, ever, I, in agreement with God, I ban you today from giving excuses. He said, do not say I'm a youth. He said, whatever I, whatever I send you to go, you go there. And whatever I command you to say, what do you do? You say it. That is how we lift up the word of God. And listen, if that word is lifted, believe me, it will br- break open your Red Sea also. If you lift up that word, your Amalekites will crumble. If you put out that javelin towards the direction of your battle, both I and Bethel, they will fall before you. That's the way Christianity is. It's called the life of grace. Lift up the word of God. 
Your shoulder has been aching you for a few days. Stop trying to find out where it began from. Lift up the word over it. Are you getting my point? Who sinned that this one should be born blind? Jesus said, why are we discussing this? <laughs> Those guys were trying to decipher. You know, this is my shoulder. Who sinned that it was born blind? Where did the pain start from? Jesus answered simply. He said, neither. What does it matter? I must walk the walk of him that sent me while it is day. Are you getting my point? Forget, it's doctors that do diagnosis. Where did they start? When? And before, okay, when he started doing that, did you notice this one? He's writing down, he's guessing, he's trying. It's called medical practice. He's practicing whether he will be able to help you. <laughs> With God, I told you the word of God thinks. I hope you get my point. If you lift up the word over that shoulder, if he needs to tell you where you are injuring it, will let you know. I told you once, it happened to me, it was my two fingers on my left hand. For weeks, it was always paining me. I kept on declaring the word of God upon it. No, people say, go to the doctor, you're having arthritis. I know I love my guys. Go there, they will take blood. And you know, there are things they say is causing arthritis, which is found in at least 10% of normal people. There are things that they will use to make diagnosis. What you don't know is that 10% of normal people have it. But when they can't find any other thing that's wrong with you, and they find it with you, this is the cause of your own problems. They now start taking drugs to solve it. And some of those drugs will now cause another problem. I'm not saying don't go to hospital. I'm just trying to say, before you go, pray. What did I say? Pray. I don't mean joking prayer. Say, Father God, I'm going because um, I believe that you can use these people. In the name of Jesus, my, my faith is in you. In Jesus' name, whatever this guy wants to do will not injure me. <laughs> I know what I'm saying, though. <laughs> anyway, what happened to me then was that I just, it took weeks, so I just kept on the, ah, there was a time it was so painful, I had to bandage my hand to sleep. I said, my life. Next day, it, it became worse, so I removed the bandage and realized that, let me free the hand in the name of Jesus Christ. I, of course, you know, my mind will start going to all kinds of things. I'm a doctor, don't forget, I'm a pathologist. I know all of these things. So I tell my mind, come back here, my friend, and stay with you. what the Bible is saying. What are you, where are you going? <laughs> That was when one day, all right, something just happened. And I believe it was the word of God that let me say, Banky, it is the way you drive. You enjoy your, I hold the steering with my left hand almost all the time. So I tend to turn with one, and there's a way I cook my fingers when I'm turning. Sometimes the car maybe enters a, 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 a pothole, twists the steering, I struggle with it, but injures my joints a bit. And it gathers for weeks. I say, oh. Instantly I changed the way I held my steering. And it took a few days. The pains gently disappeared and disappeared. It was still there when I bent the hand. You know, when you bend it like this. I couldn't bend the fingers the way you, you know, the way you play with your hand. I couldn't. But the pain vanished. But gradually, it took a few months. Finally, it went back to total normal until I can pop it like I pop every other finger. Didn't take one tablet of Voltaren for anything. If you know me, ask my wife. I, me and tablets were any means. The word of God is also a tablet, so use the one you are more comfortable with. I'm more comfortable with this one. It works. I told Astro to let you know that if he needs to tell you the cause so that you don't aggravate his situation, it will. Why? Because the word is alive. So let's lift up that rod over every part of our lives. Let's close, all right? Before we do, let me just declare this. This is the word of God concerning you. Whether it's genetic or environmental that caused it, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Jesus died to give you total health in Jesus' name. No sickness can hold on to your body. Why? Because the resurrection power of Christ Jesus is working in you. Remember, sometimes it takes a night for this thing to part, for the Red Sea. But even during that whole night, life is working. Life is what? Working. In your eyes, life is working. In your brain, life is working. Every part of your body, life is working. That pain in your chest, in need, life is working. Even if they said that the arteries are clogged, as we are speaking now, declaring God's word, is beginning to clear in the name of Jesus Christ. Every affliction is clearing in the name of Jesus. That liver is resurrecting in the name of Jesus. That ulcer is healing in the name of Jesus. That ulcer is healing in the name of Jesus. That back pain is disappearing in the name of Jesus. Whatever be the cause, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you if it's something you have to remove by yourself. Otherwise, it's going away, whichever way. In the name of Jesus Christ. Healing is your portion. Let's discuss God's word again. Let's rise our feet so we can share the grace as we are discussing it. Is there, any, is, is there any common man in the house? Do I have any common man? You know? The masses. In Jesus' name, you are not one of the masses. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you are not one of the masses. Amen. You are unique before Christ. Amen. You are unique in Him. Amen. Your supplies are ordered in heaven. And they are coming to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Poverty is not your portion. Amen. You are not a common man. Amen. He will make all grace abound towards you. Amen. You will have all sufficiency in all things. Amen. And you are bound to every good work. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God will supply all your needs. Amen. The Lord is your shepherd you shall not want. Amen. The Lord is your shepherd you will lack nothing. Amen. God will supply all your needs. Amen. He will bring them from the east. Bring them from the west. Bring them from the north. Bring them from the south. He will command the ravens, they will feed you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that you need, they will come to you. Because poverty has been broken. He said, you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. That you through his poverty might be made rich. Therefore, productivity comes to you in Jesus' name. Ability is your portion in the name of Jesus. I said ability, that's your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's say one more time, ability, that's your portion in the name of Jesus. Everywhere you walk, you'll be a blessing. Many times Christians are looking for money. No, God said be productive, bless people. I will make you rich in due season. Listen, everywhere you walk, you will be a blessing. Your sufficiency, your ability will come from him. Whatever you put your hands to do, you will be like Bezalel. You will do it with expertise. People will say, hmm, who did this? And that's how God will take glory in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Poverty is broken. Do not say, I am a youth. That's what he said to Jeremiah. I'm saying it again. Do not say, you know, it's my environment. Don't give any excuse. Just continue to lift up the word of God. And victory is assured. In the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. Remember, after every cult meeting, there are what? There are what? There are what? Incantations. You use incantations to start. Use incantations to end it. We've written our own incantations, derived from the scriptures. Alright, the book of the incantations of the Lord. It's our way of sharing the grace. Alright, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death 
and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessings. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One more time. Please bless somebody on your left or on your right. This is your season of fruitfulness and multiplication in the name of Jesus. Bless another person.